Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Let's get the party started. When was the last time you shit your pants? You think I'm a damn fool? I shit my pants last night. <laughs> it's a beautiful planet. Well, it's a moon. For sure. I'm sick and tired of all this bullshit. Put that in your package, folks. What's up, everybody? Josh, the Clearing Waivers Podcast, coming at you for another week of the Clearing Waivers Podcast. Hope everybody is doing good, great, and grand. Also wonderful. Uh, we appreciate you joining us for another week. No guests this week. You just get the three of us this week. Just, I mean, after a couple solid, really good interviews, it's just us this week. So, uh, so you're welcome in advance. Um, we we appreciate uh, letting us take your time and your ear space up. But uh, we're just gonna get to it tonight. We're not gonna clear any useless the useless space here. We're just gonna get in to clear the waivers, talk a little bit of Royals, get in the shenanigans. So, as I said, let's get into clearing the waivers. Like I said, talking about the Royals, we had a actual Royals baseball games the last few days. It seems like we've had three, like a, a, a go, stop, go, stop, go, stop. So here we are on another off day for the Royals. They are they did start the season three and one, their first four games, taking two or three of the Rangers, and then the first game against Cleveland, uh, winning it the other night. So far, they've scored 31 runs. So a nice little uh, jolt of offense in those four games but they've also given up 17 runs. So uh, there's a little bit to talk about, at least through these first four games. We're going to talk a little bit about what we've learned from those four games. And Katie, I'm going to start with you. What is something that you have learned in the first four games of the Royals 2021 season? It's nice to have a lineup of more than just like three good hitters. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There's someone there that can pick somebody else up. So, I mean, I think yeah. that was probably one of the bigger things that a lengthened lineup is very helpful you just just pitcher doesn't get to relax on anybody specifically so yeah always always feels good when michael day taylor and nikki lopez are getting the eight nine spots and just absolutely blistering the ball um it tends to go well for that offense exactly and i think it helps playing the rangers first just really yeah. you know get your get your bats off to a hot start early by playing that uh atrocious yeah. staff yeah that's uh it has always helped to get a good start against a bad team. Hopefully they're bad. I mean, maybe the Rangers, they showed a little bit of offense themselves, just not enough. Um, weren't, weren't able to hang. Uh, but mine, mine's kind of the same along the same lines here. What I've learned is on-base percentage is very good, um, very uh, useful to actually plate runs. Um, mm. In 2020, the Royals were 26th in team on-base percentage with 309. Coincidentally, they were also 26th in runs scored. Yeah, a little correlation, you think? Maybe. There? 
Maybe. No coincidence. <laughs> um, they're currently third in OBP with 390, which is in and of itself is bonkers twofold. One, the Royals have a 390 on base percentage is unheard of in my uh, years. And two, 390 is a hell of an on base percentage. And there are two teams above them in, in on base percentage. <laughs> Uh, I think the Dodgers are up there, and they just absolutely went scorched earth those first few games. Um, but, yeah, third is not bad. They're also third in runs scored, uh, runs per game. So, again, correlation. On-base percentage leads to runs. It is uh, good to see. They currently have five guys in the top 50 in on-base percentage throughout the entire majors. Witt, Soler, Carlos Santana, like I said, Michael A. Taylor, and bum ba da Nicky Lopez is in their <laughs> top 50 and on base percentage as well. Um, they also have three more uh, rounding out the top 100 uh, to go with them. So eight of the nine guys that are seeing at bats are in the top 100 and on base percentage. Always really good to see. I, I do kind of wonder though, like I said, it was the Rangers. So not the top notch pitching that we're seeing there. They're also th- seeing the third least amount of pitches per at bat. So that's not necessarily indicating that they're seeing a lot of pitches. They're just, I don't know, seeing their pitches and taking it, or they're just getting walked really quick. Or, like Kitty alluded to, there's three or four guys that are really good at seeing pitches, and then the rest of them are swinging immediately. (laughs) So I think that that's – it lengthens the lineup, and that's all – it's definitely a benefit, but – I think it also balances out a lot too, because we did see a lot of those pitch counts dry driven up over the weekend and as well on uh, Monday, um, we saw some good pitch counts, good plate appearances that uh, that were kind of getting to those starting pitchers and getting in that bullpen really well. So I think all in all, it kind of comes all full circle with that offense centered around the on-base percentage, adding guys like Ben attendee, adding guys like uh, Carlos Santana, um, and getting those guys to actually lengthen at bats is, is an all-around good thing. And, and, I mean, Santana's drawn hella walks, so he's doing exactly what we brought him in there for. So that's kind of what I've learned. On-base percentage, good. <laughs> that's what yep. I got. Brian, what about you? Uh, besides the fact that they're, it's clear that they're going to win 120 games, if you just do projections sure. off yep. this, I mean – I think it makes pretty fair. perfect sense that 120 games is now the goal. But other than that, I would say the takeaway for me, results kind of you kind of look at them as a, as not even a week into the season. So it's hard hard to get <laughs> sure. too into the results. But I, I think the takeaway is that they showed me that they're fighters. Uh, the first couple of games getting down in big holes and coming right back at them and getting back. As we talked about, it was the Rangers. So you wonder how much you really put into that. But I, I've seen bad Royals teams before that get in an early hole and they just roll over and die. And they start swinging at everything, trying to hit it out of the park. And it just never works. And you end up getting blown out. And we saw that back-to-back days get into holes. And, I mean, you can, you can get concerned about the starting pitching if you want. But I think that, you know, they'll right the ship there. And, and they'll, they'll come back. And we'll probably see this lineup kind of cool down a little bit. And we'll kind of even this all out as we, as we continue going forward. But I just like the fight in them. Um, to immediately get back those five runs in the, in the first inning of opening day was, was wild. Um, they go down five against your number one starter, and you're like, God, have I gotten too excited about this team this, you know, this year? Are they going to do it to me again? But man, they're denouncing came... you for, uh, for blowing oh, yeah. up smoke up Keller's ass. I know he's my guy, and he was far from Clydesdale that day. But mm-hmm. um, 
other than that, I was really um, impressed with the relief pitching. Um, you know, we talked about coming into this, what something that I thought would could potentially blow up is those relief pitching that was so dominant last year. Maybe we, we don't see that again, but so far they've had 19 innings pitched. Uh, they've got the sixth best bullpen in baseball by war right now. And what I like to see too, is that they're, they're getting strikeouts. It's not just coming in and getting ground balls or getting outs. They're getting 11.2 Ks per nine. And usually when you have bullpen come in, that's because a starter's in trouble or guys are on base. You're looking for a strikeout. You're looking for that double play. And these guys have strikeout type arms. So I'm, I'm happy to see that that bullpen there pick up the, the starters. The lineup obviously pick up the starters. So I think the starters will be fine. But it's nice to know that you've got a nice back into your bullpen that you can kind of trust. And, and as you pointed out, He's, he's pitching these relievers for more than one inning a lot of times. And I like to see that too, because they, they love to tell you on the broadcast that the more pitchers you go to, the better chance you're going to find one that's not having his day. So yep. if you can, if you can get by with three pitchers on the day, uh, sign me up for that. We don't need to go one inning, one inning, one inning, one inning at the end of the, at the game. If you can have a guy, you know, be dominant for two innings a piece. And so uh, the relief pitching is uh, promising and I, I like what I see there. Yeah, uh, I was just looking up the trying to get a collective ERA total from war is not a great stat for bullpens, but ERA is ER. I mean, they're they're <laughs> like they're like 20th and XFIP and ERA. They're fifth with a one point six one point six nine one point eight six. Sorry, I think you'll so, take that. Yeah, I think uh, I think that'll do just fine. Yep. Yeah, uh, I think one worrisome bit, I think, is. We don't seem to have any idea who a closer is and feel like what we've seen in the past with bullpen by committees, instead of being no one can save a game when you get to that point, because everyone, I don't know if they're walking on eggshells too much. They think they have to be just pitch perfect to get the next save opportunity, but I'd like to see this team find out who the closer is. And we kind of yeah. we kind of we kind of saw that last year uh, at the beginning of the season. Matheny was like, "We're going to work these guys in different leverage situations," and then especially when they got you know traded away Rosenthal, Holland kind of just settled in as the go-to closer at that point. I, I could see that happening here soon. Yeah. I think he's probably just getting a feel for, you know, is Jesse Hahn going to be a dominant guy for us that we can count on at the end? Are we are mm-hmm. we going to play Greg Holland in the seventh if that's their two three four coming up? I mean, I I, I could see them playing around with us for a while but i i think here a month in i think we're, we're probably looking at one guy getting most of the saves i mean that, that's the traditional way of thinking of Matheny going potentially you know a little bit more uh stats oriented maybe matchup oriented and maybe i mean maybe you don't have that guy that is worried about getting those save opportunities i don't think anybody i mean holland's not trying to resurrect his career uh wade davis is not going to be a elite closer money after this year uh maybe jesse Hahn, but i mean at that point he i mean he's just trying to stay healthy at this point so build a little bit of value for himself i i did mention it's in in the chat there on monday night that it was going to be interesting to see who got the ninth because it was cleveland's two three four hitters in a save opportunity right mm-hmm. yep yeah it was, it was three, yeah three zero so and it turned out to be jesse Hahn at that point um, once he got into a little bit of trouble, then Greg Holland started warming up, I believe. So I think that's the pecking order right now from what that's telling me. But it could just be, you know, Matheny like the matchups against the two, three, and four, what, what Hahn's stuff was. Maybe maybe they love off speed, so they didn't really want to go to Holland. But 
And I also uh, think there might be a factor too that that Han had gotten up and been worn up for a while. Uh, he, they kind of thought he might have to bail out. Was it Zimmer pitching for them? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think he kind of getting into some trouble. So I think Han was like fully hot in the bullpen and maybe he didn't want to just, you know, waste that at this point in the season. If, if you trust yeah. the guy, let him go out there and get the save. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's good to have options, I think. Um, but to Kitty's point, you'd like to think that that closer is the alpha. And yeah. if there's no, you know, it, we've heard of Greg Holland being alpha mentality. We all know Wade Davis is out there and not feeling feelings and just there to, get put asses in seats um so it's not a lack of there's no alpha out there maybe there's just a lot of alphas and they all like to eat a little bit (laughs) i'd have i'd have no problem having your number maybe your second best reliever you're feeling as your closer and then throw Mm. in the alpha as their high leverage guys through six seven eight and see what happens yeah having having the options possibility and then you have the toy with stalmont to just play whenever you want to let it eat right yeah <laughs> i mean barlow's just wiping guys out i mean it depends on what what you're doing with junis zimmers looked really really good junis has been nasty i mean it's they've got dudes so yep. i'm i'm I, I went into this kind of thinking that the bullpen might be a bit risky they're the ones that i was kind of looking at to be you know the the real wild card to this team's success and boy they've they've really put put uh, put me a little bit more at ease after seeing those first uh, first few games and so. watching Wade Davis again. I mean, he kind of looked like fun. himself. He gave up a tater the other night. Uh, yep, didn't really matter much in the game, but uh, I've been impressed with his stuff. He's got his velocity back. It seems like, and uh, I'm, I'm excited about Waiter this year. We're not talking about it enough, but High Sox Waiter is elite Waiter. <laughs> I, when he had the the baggy pants back in '15, whatever. I mean that was that was awesome, but give me some high socks, Wade Davis, and I I can really get on board with that. Hundred percent, looking like a real sexy baseball player at that point. Um, <laughs> let's move on here. We've got uh, last week we introduced Ball Street. We're going to bring you a little bit of Ball Street. We got some stocks to buy and sell uh, to kind of go off of the way too early conclusions drawn here <laughs> category. But <laughs> I got four guys that are kind of making a statement here very early. Um, so we're going to buy, sell, or hold some stocks on these guys. I'm going to start off with Michael A. Tater. See, he's got <laughs> off to a real hot start hitting 438 with two dingers, six ribbies, and a 255 WRC+. plus. Very, very good. I, for one, am willing to eat all the crow on that signing. But uh, where are you guys at on buying stock here, Brian? What's, uh, why don't you lead us off? I think you'd have to be a maniac not to sell it if we're treating this like a stock right now because what he's doing exactly. right now is outrageous. But let's get crazy. I want to hold, actually. I want to <laughs> hold here because I, I, what I'm seeing is a guy that looks super confident at the plate, and he's coming into the spring. You know, he says he's, he's worked on some things. He's kind of tinkered with his swing and his and, uh, setup. And you hear that every spring, right? You're like, <laughs> you I, do. <laughs> I, I'm going to tweak, I've tweaked some things. It's going to, you know, shorten my swing. I'm going to get to balls. I never got to before. And they always turn out the same. Well, Michael A. Taylor is hitting the shit out of the ball right now. Mm-hmm. And it looks like it's painful for him to keep that front foot down and not take that big <laughs> jump, but Just and how he, rip. how he still generates that much power that we've seen is, is pretty special. So yeah. I'd, I'd like to hold on and see what he's doing right now in this space is not happening. Obviously that's outrageous, but I right. think he could have a careerish type year that if, if, if he keeps going in this direction and this new swing thing really 
matters. Like you said, Josh, all three of us weren't real high on that signing at the time when Dayton said he wanted on base guys and he was one of the worst in the league coming in. <laughs> so I'm going to hold. I, I think he's got a year, uh, a good chance to have a big year and maybe his best year ever. Yeah, that would be uh, very, very nice if he made us all look like fools. <laughs> It'd be a lot of fun. Uh, speaking of comps, apparently Rex Hudler thinks he looks a little bit like Lorenzo Kane out there. All right. I'll buy some of that defense then. Buy some of that defensive stock. Tell the offense by the defense. How about go, that? T- go take a nap, bud. Go take a nap. <laughs> Kitty, where are you at? Buy a seller trade these bad boys. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, as Kaiser first noted, we've got to be a maniac to uh, not sell if this is a stock. I can't imagine your value could be any higher with the plate appearance he's putting up. And then also, I'll, I'll just throw in a couple outfield assists to do it as, as sure. well. So, yep. I mean, he's just doing A player couldn't get off to a better start with his new team. <laughs> No, nope. in four well, games, that? what Who's Mike Boyd has done. Mer- Merwin, or whatever his name for the White Sox. <laughs> Mercedes. Mercedes started. Oh, German, eight for German eight Mercedes. Yeah. <laughs> German, Mer- German Mercedes, I think. German Merman. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I'd say he might have a little better start. But, yeah, it's really tough tough to have a better start than Michael Taylor right now. Yeah, yeah nice. So you're, you're selling too, right? I mean, I got to sell. I'm going to. I'm going to make some money on these stocks. If I'm just going to be a homer, I'm buying more. Sure. Yep. Give me another Michael A. Taylor. Get more <laughs> of them in there. My uh, my concern is we're not the only ones understanding that this is not for real. So I wonder, <laughs> it seems like there needs to be some kind of uh, pattern or maybe a larger sample size for the price to actually get to the point where we're kind of being like, oh, sell, sell, sell. True. So this it's seems true. like one of those things where it's like, I bet Michael A. Taylor's stock is up. Let's go check. The, let's go check it out. <laughs> oh no, it's the exact same. Every, nobody believes. Okay, no, I'm just going to hold on to this. I have to. That's so I think point. I would love to sell it, but I don't think there's going to be a market for it. I don't. I think we're going to be uh, uh, disappointed in the sale price at this point. But keep going. I mean, I'll I'll eat. I, I got it here. I'll eat seven to eight different servings of crow. To if I'm wrong about you, Michael A. Taylor. So prove me wrong. I'm willing to ride the wave for as long as I need to. So I don't know if that's legal in the country. Well, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Moving on. We're going to the next player. Uh, probably the only, one of the only other guys that uh, is getting off to a hotter start is old Whit Merrifield, currently hitting 500 with three dingers, nine ribbies, and a 290 WRC+. Plus. A little bit different scenario here because he's got a little bit longer uh, history and simplifies of being a good player. But, Kitty, what are you doing with your stock with Merrifield? I'm just going to keep holding. Keep Hold holding away. I mean, every year there's, uh, it seems like Royal, either if it's Royals fans generating the trade rumors or if other teams are putting them out there, but nothing ever comes of it. But it's always just, okay, we're still on the team after the trade deadline. So let's just keep holding it, keep holding it, keep holding with. I mean, the guy goes in the spring camp. All right, I'm, a, I'm an outfielder this year again. We got, New player at second base. Oh, I or now I'm going to second base now. I'll yeah, just yeah. I'll just do that. I can do that, yeah. and then he just gets off hot, hottest start probably he's ever had in his career. So, mm-hmm. guy's a gamer. He's a he's a real Gruden grinder. And <laughs> real grinder. Yeah. Give me, real give gym me rat. Keep me. I'm gonna hold on to my Whitmerfield. Okay. I'm actually going to be selling my Whitmerfield stock here. Um, great. Obviously, off to a great start. I don't think he'll be able to, to keep pace for a 500 average and three home runs. Uh, whatever that slug is, is he's not going to do it. He's never done that. He's uh, not going to slug 1,100? 
Come on. I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, <laughs> but I do think people are going to bump up his stock considering he had that larger sample size. He had a great 17, 18, and 19. And people are and he had a great spring to roll into that. So they're going to kind of think that his price is going up. Somehow what Merrifield's defying age. He's Tom Brady now. And uh, they're going to think that his stock price is going up. They're going to be willing to buy as much as they can. So I think I'll be able to sell um, right now because his price will never be higher than it is right now. So I'm going to sell that out. I think it's going to be a slow decline. Might as well cash out at the, uh, at the peak. So I'm selling my Whit Merrifield stock and I'm going to add that to the bank. Brian? <laughs> I think that's probably a fair take to sell right now. He's, his OPS plus is 331. 100 is average. <laughs> he is 331. <laughs> he has a 500 batting average. I mean, I he's hot as can be right now. I love what I see from Witt at the plate. He mm-hmm. looks so confident when he he's almost borderline cocky when he's standing in there. Because like a, Monday night, you saw Zach Allen kind of pitch him high and in, and he kind of just kind of stepped out. And he's like, all right, all right, give me that again. Like the next mm-hmm. pitch, bam, right up the middle. He, he he just sees the ball so well right now. He's in such a rhythm. You just love to see when he's walking to the plate because you feel good about what's about to happen. So, yeah, yep, I think right now he's at the peak of his career, and it's a good time to sell if you want to sell. I'm fine with holding it like Kitty, too. I, I think he's going to be good the rest of the year. He loves to play every day. He's going to be looking for 200 hits again, and I think you're going to get there. I'm into it. I uh, like you. He's locked in. There's there's not much else that can compare to a locked in Whit Merrifield at this point. Yeah. Not in a Royals uniform. Um, so we're, uh, hopefully that continues to go next player is Mr. Danny Duffy. One of my favorite Royals of all time here on Monday night. He against Cleveland, he went six innings pitched five K's, three walks, two hits and zero earned runs. Um, did get the win as well. I'm going to sell, <laughs> I'm going to sell again. Um, he's got a, obviously a great showing there. Um, I, I, I do really appreciate everything that Danny Duffy has done for this. I'm rooting for, uh, done for this franchise. I'm rooting for him to continue to be with the Royals after this year and, uh, and end in being buried as buried as a Royal. His ex-fip is not good despite having a good performance It's five seventeen. Basically he's just giving a lot of hard hits and a lot of fly balls that are usually home runs. Not Maybe that's usually a dead ball. home runs. That's that's the thing. That's the that's what XFIP is. It's it's supposed to be fly ball rates and compared to hard hits uh, in a vacuum. That's what they're supposed to be taking into consideration. Is those fly balls are usually home runs. Dork numbers. That's fine. <laughs> that's fine. I'll give that. I'll give it. Um, but that five seventeen is both is below both Mike Miner and. Brady Singer, who combined for not give up nine earned runs and nine and a third innings uh, in their first two starts. So tells you, you how terrible sus- this stat is. If you don't subscribe to those stats, his next two opponents are the Angels and the Blue Jays. Do you think he's going to do better or worse than he currently is? I'll take your I mean, silence as you think he's <clears> going to do worse. Gonna, you assume he's going to do worse against those two teams. Correct. But... So I'm going to go ahead and sell now that his stock is higher. They think that he's going to rebound this year. Contract year remains undefeated. I hope I'm right. I love me, Danny Duffy, but I think these next two starts are going to make his stock price dip, so I'm going to go ahead and get out on Danny Duffy. Brian? Good God. How dare you? <laughs> Betrayal. <laughs> Bury me a royal. I, 
I'm buying, I'm buying Danny Duffy all day, every day. We're talking about our number four starter here. Career ERA plus of 108. That you'll take as your fourth starter all day, every day. Almost any playoff team would take that guy as their fourth starting pitcher, unless your name's the Dodgers, which has an outrageous pitching staff. But <laughs> if you can get an above average pitcher as your that's your number four pitcher. You sign up for that all day, every day. I'm buying. We don't need Duffman to be the ace of the staff, and we're not asking him to be, even though he's the only guy that's pitched well in that role right now. <laughs> we're one game in, and he's he's our number one starter right now. But I totally blew my mind that Mike Miner got six innings uh, on opening day. Yeah, that, that was, was a wild grind. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> that was a grind. So I, I'm buying all day, all day. Okay. Kitty, what are you doing with your Danny Duffy stock? I'm going to go with the hold again. I don't think this one start did a whole lot for uh, stock price movement. Plus, I mean, it was also, what, 14 degrees in Cleveland that day. It was. So, uh, he can hit a ball real hard and it's that cold and it still doesn't go anywhere. So, yep. that helped. it's very, very helpful. So, I mean. Right off right off the lake, too. You got the lake effect. I mean, oh, yeah, never, that's, that's probably that's, some pea soup sky out there. That is real tough to do anything in that those <laughs> conditions. Real <laughs> tough. Unless you're apparently Miggy Cabrera hit the ball off balls out went snowing mm -hmm. I, I just yeah it's it, stupid i was always i never realized how effective duffy had been his career i didn't realize he was a era plus of 108 yeah for yeah. some reason in my head i just thought he was just a really just poor never really lived up to anything maybe it was just because he's a homegrown guy and expectations were sky high when he came up yeah that he had kinda, like really really good years that were usually cut short by injury that's just yep, that's right. just tough to tough to do but yeah so i'm gonna i'm gonna hold on to duffy i like this i like the number change maybe he's got a little bit of help from uh, help from above from Jordano yep. this year so let's uh let's hold on to duffy here best shape of his life best shape of his life <laughs> don't get me wrong i'm taking duff danny duffy all day every day i <laughs> love this version of danny duffy i'm in it for me and my money and the, my money says go ahead and sell on this current price is all i'm saying not saying i don't like danny duffy i i'm this is not a darren waller thing this is purely <laughs> purely looking out for number one me right now <laughs> in my money fair enough uh final player here new addition andrew benatendi off to a pretty slow start here hitting 167 with five strikeouts one walk three hits and an eight wrc plus uh so not off to the great start that we were kind of hoping that he'd get into brian what are you doing with benatendi stock i'm slamming that buy button because mm. his his stock price has probably never been lower than it is he's coming off a bad year in the short year last year I don't think he is actually this bad. I've kind of liked to see some of the swings I've saw out of him. He kind of has some tough luck outs, it seemed like. So he, he should have a few more hits than he does. Um, so I don't think it's his – you watch him You watch him at bat, and it's not like he looks lost up there, yeah. right? He's still yeah. putting good swings on and seeing the ball all right. So I'm buying. I think the numbers will come. It's just really early in the year. Yep. Kitty, where are you at? I was thinking the same, buying him. Uh, worry – one worrisome thing is maybe the Red Sox were onto something when they're paying us to take them away from them. Maybe they saw something last year that he's not going to get through. So, but I'm hoping Royals can uh, figure something out with him and he'll figure it out and at least be a serviceable major league ball player. Mm. He can't be this bad. You're right. Right. He can't be this bad. <laughs> no way. <sighs> 
I really don't want him to turn into the new Nicky Lopez, the 2020 <laughs> Nicky Lopez, where it's like, well, he's playing great defense, so we got to keep him in the lineup. <laughs> right. He is playing great defense. He is playing great defense. And I, I do like, I'm buying as well. Uh, looking at his caveat here, this is a very small sample size, especially to look at plate discipline stats. <laughs> but we're going to do that because here yeah. we are. Um, nothing's really jumping out of me as far as like out of the ordinary for what he's usually done. He's not swinging at pitches outside the zone. He is swinging a lot more, um, which is just, that's a Royals thing. That's what they do. They <laughs> teach their hitter, they teach their hitters to swing at everything they can as soon as they see it. So it's tough to pull away anything from that sample size. He is swinging it, but it's not out of the ordinary. His bad bip is a two thirty one, whereas you're usually you know in a vacuum. Uh, you're usually looking for a player to have around a three hundred bad bip. So you could potentially add another seven hundred or seventy points to his batting average and get him somewhere like 230, 240 bit more acceptable here. But at the same time, he didn't have a great bad bit last year. So he's got some good baseball karma coming his way. I still believe that there's room to even get to his floor. So I'm going to buy hammer that buy button. And if he starts to hit that 2017, 2018, and you've been attendee uh, mileage, then look out because uh, that price is going to skyrocket and I'll be living that fat. <laughs> It's going to be an okay profit. It's not going to be retirement profit, but uh, but it'll be okay profit. I guess it depends we're all on how hard you buy that. Well, we can only you can only buy so much after you sold all your Danny Duffy stock. I don't I don't know how much <laughs> you're actually going to have in there, but you never know. So that's what we got. That's what we're buying. That's what we're selling. Uh, we do have a very um, encouraging feeling after seeing those first four games let's hope the royals keep it going here we're going to move on to the shenanigans but first a word from our sponsors most of the time we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like google meta and apple but some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. And we're back. We're going to get right back into the shenanigans here with our first one. Got a little bit of a, t we're going to combine a couple of them here. This is basically going to be waiver watch with waiver sharks is going to be the game here. So I'm going to go ahead and put some waiver watch segment music here. So basically the rule of the game here, I got four categories here and they're rotten tomato scores. The audience score, we usually play the critic score. This is going to be a little bit different with the audience scores here. So you guys are going to pick a door one, two, three, or four. Each one of them has 10 movies within it. I've got their Rotten Tomato scores written down. All these movies have something in common. So you'll want to get the higher or lower from the previous Rotten Tomato score. 
And then at the end, when you're done, you're either done guessing or you've gone through the whole list. You're going to guess what the common theme among those movies is. Cool? Yep. Cool. All right, Kitty, I think you won uh, Ball Street. <laughs> so I'm going to have you go first. Pick your door Sounds one, right. two, three, or four. I'm going to go door two. Door number two. Okay. What's your starting point? One through ten. Seven. Seven. All right. Your first movie is Inside Man from 2006. Got an 85% on Rotten Tomatoes audience score. 85. Real solid. Your next movie is Die Hard with a Vengeance. Is its audience score higher or lower than an 85? I'm going to go lower. It is lower at 83. Oh, good Lord. Yeah. How about that? Expected. Your next movie is a movie called Banditas from 2006. Banditas? Banditas. I've never heard of it. I'll just go lower. No idea. It is lower. It is is 43%. Oh, all right. That's probably why you've never heard of it. I'm I'm really glad that you get this next movie because uh, you might be the only one of the three of us outside of myself that knows this. Brian probably is not familiar with this movie but in 2008 a movie called mad money came out oh i think i know that one yeah is it higher or lower than a 43 what year was that again 2008 if that's the movie the movie i'm thinking of i don't know i'm not sure mad money it's not a jim kramer biopic is it (laughs) yep (laughs) money mad money money never sleeps let's try higher than 43 it is higher it's a 48 escape so let's go up to the other round here next movie is point break from 1991 higher it is higher 79 percent good job (laughs) next movie (laughs) now you see me from 2013 higher or lower than a 79 uh let's go higher for some reason it is lower at a 70 percent two shocking things about that is it's 70 percent is shocking in itself but kitty thinking it's higher than a 79 that's Mm -hmm. also very surprising i just feel like i saw it i hated it but you know i'm more (laughs) i'm more on the critic side than the audience (laughs) side so i just tried to reverse jinx myself with that one (laughs) sure i get that all right so you got four points good start better than three and two and one or zero um so your movies were inside man die hard with a vengeance banditas mad money point break and now you see me do you know the common theme of those films i'm gonna go with bank robberies that is correct for a uh extra point bonus point very good also among these is den of thieves dark knight hell or high water or out of sight those are great movies Yep. And then there's Banditas. And then there's Banditas. Banditas and and Mad Money snuck in there. (laughs) Salma Hayek and Penelope Cruz. Just it's like an old, old eighteen hundreds turn of the century Mexican bank robberies. Basically just a movie to get them to wear uh, uh, low cut shirts. (laughs) Yeah, it sounds sounds about right. Yeah. Brian, (laughs) you're up. You get door number one, three, or four. 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 All right, pick one through ten for your starting point. Let's do four again. Four. Your movie is Ocean's Eight 
from 2018 okay. got a 45% yikes Ouch. audience score. That wasn't even critics. That was odd. Your next movie is Crash from 20, 2004. Higher <laughs> or lower than a 45? Higher. It was. It got an 88%. Yeah, I remember that being liked. It's yeah. Oscar winner, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah I think it was definitely in the mix. In the mix, yeah. Your next movie is Bird Box from 2018. Oh, was that the Sandra Bullock? Like, I don't know. Was no, that the no blind hints. one? No hints. <laughs> She's in a boat or something? Bird Box. <laughs> it's a box with a bird in it. Like... Josh, was, Josh, your face was great. Just giving the no hints. No hints. It was a good smug face. I liked it. I remember a lot of people talking about it, but not a whole lot of people liked it. So I'm going to go lower. It was lower, 57%. Ugh. Next movie is Minions from 2015. Oh, what was the last one? 48 something? 50. Last one was 57%. I mean, people like Minions, right? Let's go higher. It was lower, 49%. Oh. Wow, I did not expect that. I would have How about that? that? How about people that? hate minions apparently so it's wild i mean so, i Brian, can't say i've watched it but <laughs> right you know of it but it's not like sure. you're just cranking it up in the it's vcr no bird box it. i guess right no bird box um your movies are oceans eight crash bird box and minions what's the common thread jesus i i think i've only watched one of these movies so it's <laughs> that is tough then you got two two casts with uh with a lot of people in it so that's that's a tough and then none of them are really along the same lines from genres so and minions is completely different from bird box i'm assuming oh it's my a minion god box i have no clue i have no idea no sandra guesses. bullock that's correct Oh, oh was it really from downtown <laughs> sandy bullock is in all of those movies you better put Miss Congeniality one or two on this list. Miss Congeniality, she was number. It was number two. Was coming next at a forty-three percent. Armed and fabulous. I knew she was in Ocean's armed Eight and, either. Armed and fabulous. I knew she was in that. I didn't know she was in Bird Box, but I guess I wasn't thinking just her. I didn't have any idea she was in the other two movies. Bird Box was trash. Was that the movie I'm, I was describing? Yep. She yeah, was. Yeah, it was. You can't. There's demons walking the earth, and if you look at them, you just go and kill yourself. It's it's kind of like the happening okay it's... whoa spoiler city over here on the happening out <laughs> of left field with that one how far are we removed like 15 years <laughs> at least two decades from the happening if you haven't seen the happening <laughs> <laughs> all right so we've got two more categories here uh tight ball game kitty up five to three at the moment we still got door number one and three kitty what do you got let's try one one spot four four your movie from 1999, American Beauty, rocking a solid 93%. Good yep. starting point. That is. Feel, I better your next, be. Your next movie is No Country for Old Men from 2007. <laughs> Higher or lower than a 93? Oh, jerk. Oh, my God. I'm going to go lower. It is lower, eighty six percent. Good That's guess. That's shocking to me. I felt like people. Oh, it's too slow. Yeah. Idiots. Next <laughs> movie is from twenty fifteen. Spotlight. Speaking of slow. Yeah. 
Higher or lower uh, than an 86. Another Oscar movie here. Let's go lower. It was higher with a 93% <sighs> audience score. So, Kitty, you've got American Beauty, No Country for Old Men, and Spotlight. What's the common theme? I'm going to go Oscar-winning movies, but is it the movie themselves or was it an act, supporting actor maybe one? Oh, he's in his head. I'm going to go supporting actor winners in the Oscars. Your first guess is always the right guess. Oh, <laughs> it was Oscar winners for best picture. Dang it. Oh, God. That was, a, that was going to be a gauntlet for the higher and lower, let me tell you. Def- oh, no yeah, kidding. definitely. Jesus. Oh. What, was the lowest, what was the lowest number in there? Uh, the Shape of Water from 2017 got a 72. That makes sense. Okay. Sandwiched between Sweet. The Beautiful Mind and American Beauty. So if you got, yeah, it was the last Sweet. one. Kitty picked the best spot to be in. Mm. All right. So Brian needs three here. All right, yep, let's three. go. You I'll get door this. number three is left. Uh, pick your starting point, one through ten. Let's stay at four. Four, your first movie from 1987, Predator. Mm-hmm. Got an 87%. Good for Predator. Sure it did. That'll do. Your next movie is from 1988, Beetlejuice. Oh, God. Higher <laughs> or lower than an 87. Holy shit, this is tough people love predator i mean that's iconic almost two Beetle solid Juice. cult classics here it is yeah, people, people love two Beetle completely Juice. different audiences <laughs> oh totally i'm in for both of them yeah yeah you gotta have a, a screw half loose to have beetlejuice is one of your favorite but there's people that oh all right then coming at yeah. me hot screw half loose <laughs> to, to enjoy predator as much as 80 87 <laughs> beetlejuice Let's go lower. It was lower in 82. God bless. Next movie, also from 1988, Willow. Oh, no. Higher or lower than an 82%. (laughs) Oh, why are we in the 80s so much? Speaking of cult classics. Another one, yeah. I mean, this is kind of a tough tough trio to start with here. And, uh, again... Your screw's half loose if you love Willow too much. <laughs> he's coming at everybody tonight. Yeah, he's coming at all the nerds. I'm going to go <laughs> lower for Willow. Willow is lower, 79%. Care of your chinny-chin-chin there. Way too high. Let's stay in the 80s here. No. <laughs> 1987, RoboCop. Oh, <laughs> Higher or lower than a 79%. This is for the tie. Oh, God. Robocop. Uh, I'd like to know what the critics shit all over that one, but we're we're talking about audience here. Robocop. I think it's going to be even lower. Robocop. 84. Higher. Oh, shit. (laughs) Well, it gets this all the bonus point possibly. Could also tie with the bonus point here. Predator, Beetlejuice, Willow, Robocop. What do they have in common? God, this is what? 
I don't think it would be all 80s movie because you already told us <laughs> years mm, they're from. True. Um, Robocop. I just looked up uh, critics gave Robocop a 90. Well, look up. What? Wow. Yeah, I'm shocked as you are. How about the uh, remake? What's the remake got? <laughs> it was like 2016 or something like that. Look that up. <laughs> I will. Oh, Predator, Beetlejuice, Willow, Robocop. These are all such different movies. Was Arnold Schwarzenegger involved with all of them? That's a good guess. He was not. Uh, the answer is right there in front of you, though. They're all one-word titles where the with the character name as the title of the movie. Mm, tricky. Because you're going to have Mud, Matthew McConaughey, then Creed, then Mandy, Aquaman, Thor, Moana. Yep. Mandy. Oh, Robocop Lord. messed me up. Robocop. It got right. you by one. Is there a hyphen in there? Nope. <laughs> Shit. The uh, the remake in 2014. Hmm? Even a hyphenated word is just one word. Well, it messed with my brain. Irregardlessly. What did That's you right. say, Kitty? 2014? Robocop 2014. Critics 48. Audience 49. Whoa. They, everyone bad. hated it together. That's together. really bad. <laughs> that's not good at all so kitty is the winner of the shark watch is what Once we're gonna again. call that barely yeah that was brian solid showing though i'm proud of you of not embarrassing this time i'm proud of you yep <laughs> well yeah. what, was, what we did last time when we both bowed out after like one guess yep. yep. <laughs> it was a 30 second segment it was real 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 good real good content and it wasn't our first time it wasn't no <laughs> so uh yeah we I, I like that game i like uh i think we should keep bringing that back i think it's a good uh, a good twist on what we've done here uh so let's get into the waiver wire for the week this week we got one of those fun very general drafts to go off of we're going with the we've done the best smells this week we're going with the best sounds. Uh, we've got some good ears on us in this uh, in this trio here. So we've got some sounds for you. We're going to draft. Kitty, you're going to go first, and then I'm going to go next, and then Brian will go third, and then we'll turn it around from there. Kitty, what is your number one best sound? I mean, we heard it quite a bit if you watched the basketball game on Monday night, and that is the sound of a pure swish. Mm. Just yeah. that basketball ripping through the net is a great sound. I agree. As someone that dabbled in a little bit of basketball as a younger man, that sounds slightly foreign to me. So <laughs> hearing it last night when those guys are just bombing threes like nobody's business, it yep. was that's fun to hear. Just fun, it's just oh, it's a great shot, perfect shot. Just just nailed it all night. But that, Shout out to the Baylor Bears. We mm-hmm. uh, you'd think of a sports podcast to probably touch on the national championship. No, no, it was uh, not worth we, talking about. Yeah, we just did. Yep. <laughs> congratulations guys <laughs> congratulations on gonzaga getting there because the game their uh, final four game was awesome nothing yep. short of an awesome game but uh, oh, yeah. uh we expected more out of that matchup i think it was the matchup that everybody wanted to see i would say even ku jayhawks uh, fans would probably deep down probably wanted to see those two teams go at it if they couldn't see ku so and they're solos so i mean if they're if they're going to be rooting <laughs> for that matchup then, um, then you know that people will like it so I'm going to go next with mine, very similar to probably what we've heard a lot of 
here uh and uh, let's say the last year or maybe just our whole lifetime but the crack of a can beer can soda pop can just a mm-hmm. it's the best sound in the world so give me the crack of a nice cold beverage can yeah i definitely went beer can i was very specific i'm not too jazzed on a soda can popping up and just <laughs> care soda we're not yeah, a whatever. soda podcast that's right that's uh, very true if we're drinking soda, something went wrong. But uh, beer, <laughs> beer is usually what we're rolling there. there. Right. Also, it accompanies usually the start of a, a good time. So mm-hmm. that's right. Good mm-hmm. signifier. That's what I have. They're my number one pick as well. Crack of the beer, and it's a signal to the world that that daddy's checking out. So <laughs> <laughs> no you more expectations, sh- please. Yep. <laughs> it's quiet time. I like it. Yep. I like it. I like it. Brian, what's your first pick? Let's go the opposite of quiet here. And it's the roar of the crowd. Mm-hmm. It's something that sends, gives you goosebumps. Uh, during the Royals run, one of my favorite videos that was going around was the person that took the video outside the stadium for like the final out that was going to send the Royals to the World Series. And you could kind of hear the levels of the roar as, you know, Moose grounded the third, the ball at third and then the throw over and then people just go nuts. Like just thinking about it now, it gives me goosebumps. And uh-huh. it's like, there's nothing that like gets your adrenaline going, being inside the stadium when the crowds, the atmosphere is just nuts and you feel like you want to get out there and play. So, Give me the roar of the crowd all day, every day. Oh, yeah. There's so many good clips to show that. It's one of them, is, again, is, and I'll, is the uh, Lorenzo Cain scoring from first. Mm. Oh, yeah. Just everyone, all of a sudden, he's, he rounds third and he's, he's going. There's, yep. He's not even hesitation, and the crowd just starts going crazy. And that's mm-hmm. just – I feel like you get goose – you get a lot of goosebumps every time you listen to those just to hear in that crowd and what it meant. It's so I good. got him right now. Got him. <laughs> Kane can fly. He can fly. Yeah, that's right. so good. The uh, I still go back to that wild card game, man. Um, the first one is the Eric Hosmer hit when it bounced off that wall and landed on the ground. Man, people were going nuts. But I think the 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 epitome of that is the Salvi walk off because it was hit silence gets through and then explosion of mm-hmm. of fan. So I I. I'll never forget that moment. And it, like Brian, like Brian said, once you kind of go back and can relive those moments through the YouTube or social media or whatever, it's just, it, it kind of brings back those goosebumps all over again. So glad we can get back the, the, the roar of the crowd, at least at a little point. Um, yep. If you're in Texas, you get a whole, whole stadium apparently now. So <laughs> yep, congratulations to, to Texas stadiums, but uh, the rest of us will be right behind you uh, here shortly. So glad, glad we got that back. All right. Try and lead off round two. Let's raise some more goosebumps with my next sound, and that is the the notification jingle that they play when a draft pick is in for the NFL draft. I love the draft pick. (laughs) When they get that ding-ding-ding-ding. And then you're like, you jump up the edge of your seat, and you're like, shut up, it's picks in. (laughs) Are we taking a QB? Are they taking our guy? you're glued to it and everybody tries to talk to you you throw something at them because everyone needs to be paying attention when that jingle mm-hmm. goes so give me that jingle all day every day i love the nfl draft and so anytime a pick comes in i'm not listening to whoever's talking anymore i'm watching the tv with 100 percent of my attention yep <laughs> i we had the the fantasy baseball draft and that reminded uh reminded me of the espn added in the 
or whatever the sound that they play when it's your turn to pick i love that sound too because uh-huh. then you just snap right in super focused but but then you get anxiety attacks 100 percent, oh, and that's kind of <laughs> yeah he's like oh i should have been prepared for this I, I didn't even see it coming nope god forbid you're on the turn but uh what, yeah when you when you hush the whole crowd when the pick is in you hear the noise pick is in pick is in pick is in pick is in it just goes on for like two minutes till we get through commercials or we have to wait for the podium to set back up. It's the worst. That <laughs> That's the toughest thing. I agree. <laughs> My next pick, heard it a lot this last weekend, but the crack at the bat. Give me that. Give me that. Uh, the, the, the cannon explosion, the Shohei Otani type oh. Sunday night, Sunday night baseball. It was so loud. I just I can't get enough of the crack at the bat, so I I would I very much want that in my uh, my repertoire here. Yeah, and I'd like to know what the count is on Royals players that we've had the past I don't know ten years where the, <laughs> the crack of the bat just sounds different with this. Guy. Just sounds different from them. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> There's been I like ten like, guys. I almost feel like they uh, add a little extra juice to that crack at the bat on Sunday Night Baseball. I think Ooh. so too. Yeah, there's a microphone way closer on Sunday night baseball, I think, than there is on other other games because yeah. that sounded way louder than anything else we've heard all yeah. either this season or previous seasons to me. So I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah, I'm yeah. here for it. I love it. I think every, yep. everything needs to get this close mic to hear that back crack. It feels like, like heard they, it. they do that in March Madness too with the swish. It seems like it's yeah, more there's prominent. A, there's got to be one underneath right underneath the basket. I'm into it. I love it. Yep. I, I love it too. Kitty? What's your second pick here? Well, something else we heard of, heard a lot this week, and that's "Hello Friends" from the Masters. <laughs> it's the Masters mm-hmm. theme. Oh, that's a good, that's a great theme song. Just all right, just it's very calm, just relaxing tone. We're ready to watch some golf, people. First major mm-hmm. of the year. Golf season's officially here. Springtime's abound. The azaleas have bloomed. And we're ready to play some damn golf. <laughs> yep. I need someone to set up a lineup so where Kitty can point out the azaleas. Yep. <laughs> the big, right, the big forest that Kitty is. <laughs> that's an Iggy. That's an Iggy azalea. Mm. <laughs> yeah, to put put her in there, hide her in the photo somewhere. Well, there's, mm-hmm. there's multiple. There's multiple azaleas in here. I know that azalea. Let's, let's see if you can spot them all. <laughs> I could spot an Australian female rapper if I ever saw one. <laughs> Kitty, third pick. All right, this is going to be one that probably a lot of a lot of people have not heard, but it was one of the funnier sounds I've ever heard in my life. Oh no! That is a beer bottle, empty beer bottle, rolling down a movie theater floor. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. I, and it was quiet. I think I think I don't can't remember. I think it was just after the the credits had started rolling, and all of a sudden you just. The metal on that floor is very distinct sound, and mm-hmm. it oh, everyone just started cracking up. And because <laughs> we're all just, we're all waiting too to see how long it would how long it would roll because it was at a big big theater. AM, I think it was AMT thirty mm-hmm. on the length of there. So I mean, it was in one of the big ones. So it had a long way to go, and it <laughs> it ran for a while. <laughs> it was so good. Oh, it's, I, that sound is fantastic. I like it. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty solid. Was there a the drop box. off? Hopefully not. There was not. It just, I think it, it may have gone all the way to the front and hit the, hit the screen Perfect. or the bottom of the screen. That's awesome. <laughs> yes, it is. 
for my third pick, I'm also going to go with one of the funniest noises that is out there. That is a fart on a wooden church pew. <laughs> <laughs> Very and specific. If, if you're lucky, you get a little <laughs> lean so get that there's visual. plenty of reverberation off of that wood. <laughs> but I, one of the funniest times I, I've ever I've ever experienced was our uncle randy ripping one in an old uh old wooden church pew that was a little bit louder than he expected and he his laugh is just so amazing it, it's absolutely unable to be contained when it goes in really hard and it's just in a in the middle of a church sermon and everybody clearly heard it it's just perfect just the acoustics perfect of the church too yep. just adds to oh, it yeah. it's like almost mm-hmm. an echo to everything I mean, it goes, it's an echo from the source and then it just continues to reverberate throughout. It's fantastic. True. It is one of my favorite sounds of all time. So I know that's probably not on a lot of lists, but boy, it's pretty high on mine. I just figured I'd be able to get it pretty soon. So give me a fart just, on a wooden church view. I think it just got added to a lot of lists. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It should. If you have an experience, go ahead and yeah. give it a. Right, they're gonna start going to church here soon. Yep. I mean, we got wedding. <laughs> wedding season's right upon us, guys, and that's almost the perfect the perfect opportunity to do it. So that sounds like I, the next draft too is best things to fart off of. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna write that down. Actually, <laughs> I don't want to forget about that one. That's a that's a good one. Our wives and moms will be so proud. Uh huh. They'll be skipping that episode for mm-hmm. sure. <laughs> They'll just uh, hit the uh, stop pause button right before uh-huh. the draft. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep, Brian, what's your uh, what's your third pick? I'm going with uh, Morgan Freeman's voice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel like if everyone in the world had Morgan Freeman's voice, it would just be like such a better world to live in. Oh sure, everyone would just be calm, cool, collected, relaxed. I mean, nobody raises their voice. It's just all everyone's just chill. And mm-hmm. so give me Morgan Freeman's voice. It just puts you in a better mood and chills you out if you're, if you're hyped up. So, yep. I think that's fair. That's a good that's one. That's a good one. Yeah. It's every time you hear his voice in the movie, you're like, oh, it's, it's just it's so iconic. And like you said, it's, it calms you down. Yep. And for my final selection, I want to get real calm because I'm going with the sound of silence, boys. Oh, my. Silence. <laughs> Working from home has given me a whole other level of silence that I have never experienced in my life. And it's low key. One of the best things about working from home when everybody, when the house is completely empty and it's just you and the dog, that sound of silence, once again, nice (laughs) and relaxing. You can listen to whatever you want at whatever volume you want. There's no screaming going on or crying or anything at all going on. So give me the sound of silence so I can be relaxed. I, think Kinda, I, I have a bit of the opposite reaction. Oh, wait. Oh. Hold on. Hold on. Wait. <laughs> wait. Wait for <laughs> my pick. All right. I'll just let you go. All right. My, All my right. last pick is the, the low hum of a fan in silence because silence <laughs> gives me next level anxiety for some reason. I don't know why. So I need a fan involved. So I, I, can't, I can't have pure silence. I got to have something going on. <laughs> Kitty, what were you gonna say? Was that was that where you were headed? Similar. I just I've just gotten so used to listening to a podcast or music 
yeah while i'm working from home that when nothing's playing i'm weirded out all of a sudden (laughs) (laughs) what doesn't sound right this is weird i need something Uh i need noise i need noise so yep i'm yeah i just so i understand people loving silence that it can make a lot of sense but for me it just now sounds weird especially parents parents need silence sometimes mm-hmm. i was on a <laughs> i was on a work conference call the other day and you know you're waiting for people to show up at the very beginning so everyone's kind of on mute and there's always one person on my team that just can't handle silence and so oh. always making these crack jokes you know making the elevator type jokes while everyone else is sitting around and someone else chimed in and goes, it's pretty clear that you don't have any children. You can't just appreciate this <laughs> silent for five minutes. <laughs> I thought, yes, that's so true. <laughs> that, although that is the one time I do enjoy silence that before the phone call at work, just everyone just we're all on mute. Let's just wait till everyone's here. Yeah. yeah. And I'll handle just mute for a minute, couple minutes here. We don't need to talk about the weather. <laughs> how much rain we got. That's right. I love having that silence when you're in person in that conference, the conference room oh, and the meeting. And goodness. people are almost scared to say anything because they know everyone will hear it. I That's love right. that. No whispering to your neighbor if it's a big enough room. Did you see that game last night? <laughs> Did you see that game last night? That's, uh, that's some good stuff. Kitty, bring us home with the final pick here. All right. I think it's the sound most of us have heard, and that's ba-ba. That is the sound of settling. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing that that band gave everyone an opportunity to rip on your buddies. Just, yeah. oh, look, oh, you're getting married, huh? Ba-ba. Ba-ba. <laughs> that is the sound of settling. Just insults for days. It's fantastic. Oh, my God. What a pick. I did not see that one coming. Uh, Nowhere no. near my board. I've got I've got two of them on here where I knew they were going to be on Kitty's board. So I, I was like, well, I go ahead and try to steal it just for the – no, it, it doesn't matter because nope. Kitty's going with ba-ba, ba-ba. This is the sound of settling. I love it. I feel like I had to go a little off the board once on one of these picks. Sure. Oh, yeah. Sure. You skipped choice. out on bowling pins, the bowling mm-hmm. ball hitting the bowling Oh, yeah. Pure strike. I, spot of a driver. I mean, I figured both of those were on yours. I hear mo- I hear those so often. Doesn't even, <laughs> That's true. I just throw any more. Takes it for granted. Take them for granted. I, no. I mean, I almost I almost went with four song categories. And just <laughs> song titles, but like I would say, I'd say like I'd save one for the end just to go with that way. Yeah, no, I yeah. think that I think the effect actually took a took a pretty solid hit. So well done. <laughs> Thanks. Well done. Bum, bum, <laughs> bum, bum, that is the sound of the end of the episode. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's it. We've uh, that's all we got for you on the Claymores podcast this week. Uh, we appreciate each and every one of you taking the time to join us once again. Um, we appreciate having you. If you like what you hear, go ahead and give us a rating on iTunes, anywhere you're getting your podcast. Uh, if you're on uh, YouTube, you need to check us out on the YouTube channel. Uh, give us a rating, become a subscriber so you get all the updates of when a new episode drops. Uh, you can see our pretty faces. That's always a joy for everyone, I'm sure. Um, but uh, yeah, we, we always appreciate the support. 
all the social media handles at clearing waivers go check us out and interact with us on those we have some good uh, discussions about the current format of the uh, podcast here josh and the two dorks um <laughs> very 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 much appreciate that shout out um but uh yeah go check us out on the social media at clearing waivers but uh, other than that uh, we'll see you next week ta-ta for now